this is our greatest challenge in these days to be still. I'll invite you now for two minutes, maybe, to close your eyes. We are sending the children, we are having many activities, but to close your eyes for a second. Jesus, we need your presence in our lives, in our families. We need so much of you, Holy Spirit, we need you. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the forgiveness of our sins. Thank you because in you we have hope. I want to say, Jesus, things that maybe I haven't said this whole week. And I want to start saying, I love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. You are welcome here. Amen. Lord Jesus, we, uh, we just agree again together, your Lord of our lives. We're so happy to be in your care, to surrender. Lord, we sing these songs of, of the truths of the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And we submit ourselves again under your mighty hand. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you for meeting with us. Thank you for being near to us. Will you just continue to speak to us, Lord? As we open the word for a few minutes, as we hear the testimonies of those new believers that are getting baptized, as we pray for them, Lord, stir up gifts of the Spirit as we pray and speak into their lives as we celebrate in baptisms. God, thank you for the new things you're doing. Uh, and Lord, thank you for working in the depths of the hearts of those of us who have been following you for years as well. We, we love your work, Lord, and we're so happy to be in your hands today. Amen. Amen. Please take your seats. Thank you so much, Ian and Hannah. Love that. Love singing gospel truth. Danny and I were nudging one another through the worship time. We, we love real Bible words in songs. That's good. Thank you. And the odd guest jazz chord as well. That makes Hannah's shoulder go up. I like that. Did you notice? I wasn't laughing at you. I was just enjoying it, Hannah. Well, great stuff. My name's Steve. I'm auditioning for Worst Dressed Pastor of the Year Award. Um, but, you know, I'm happy to dress this way every Sunday if it means we're baptizing uh, people regularly. That's very exciting, isn't it? Um, Okay, I thought it was exciting. Um, that's very exciting, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I, I don't know, maybe you guys have uh, maybe you guys got accustomed to stuff. With the first church that we planted, we, we, we saw so few baptisms early on. We gathered a crowd of believers, but, but it took time to see people being born again, coming to follow Jesus. We have a beautiful momentum at the moment. There have been a couple of prophetic words recently about the slipstream. You know how it is when you're in a slipstream, like, Think about the cyclists on the Tour de France. The guy at the front's doing the work. The guys behind just tuck in and they get carried along at the same pace. They're working, but they're not putting in half the effort. You're just carried by the momentum. It's how aerodynamics work. And so often in the kingdom of God, it's that way uh, as well. God's at work. We can't make stuff happen. We can't force the pace. But when he, when he starts to work, when you find his momentum, our joy is just to tuck into the slipstream. Lord, we'll, we'll keep moving. We'll keep, we'll keep going wherever you're going. Keep leading us. We, we love where you're taking us. And it's been quite a ride this month. We started uh, maybe five weeks ago with the, the big church weekend away, um, coming back to some of the teaching that we started on that weekend th this morning. Six baptisms that weekend. That was wonderful. Um, and then um, we had our gift days. We had the New Ground Sunday with our family from all around the, the world. Um, we, we had uh, last Sunday something happened. What happened last Sunday? Oh, Father's Day. It was amazing. And the gift day totals uh, it's just remarkable. Through this month, we've seen some people born again, following Jesus for the first time. We've seen some little signs of, of healing breakthrough, though we're still praying for many major areas of healing in people's lives. 
Um, but we do believe God's doing a new thing. Uh, and it's our joy and our desire just to tuck in behind the slipstream. Keep pedaling. Keep working, Lord. Are you with me on that? Come on, let's keep praying in that way uh, as, as we see the Lord moving. Um, excuse me. The, uh, this morning, we're just going to teach for a few moments on uh, metamorphosis, this series that we began uh, on the weekend away. Many of you are with us, but some of you won't have been, and some of you are guests here this morning. You're so, so welcome with us uh, as well. And then we're going to carry on through uh, Paul's letters to the Philippians, end of chapter 3, chapter 4, through, through the summer, in a few weeks' time, out into Garden Church, season 3. Woo! Guys, looking forward to that. That's good news. Um, and so that's where we're going, but we're coming back to that. I'm just going to give a little recap this morning of some of the teaching that we did over the weekend away. I won't make you dress up in butterfly wings or anything like that, uh, I promise, this morning. Uh, the kids are all out in, in kids' church today. But as grown-ups, we'll just go over the, the teaching again this morning. We tried to memorize Romans 12 um, and uh, verse 1 and 2. I don't know if you can see that on the screen, but if you, if you can remember it, close your eyes and say it with me. If you can't, read it from the screen. Therefore, come on, let me hear you say it with me. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Am I reading different words to you? Okay, that's good news, isn't it? Um, I'll just carry on anyway. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. There we are. We got there in the end. Lord Jesus, will you just do deep work in our hearts? Will you do deep heart work? For those of us that are already disciples, those that are not yet, we just welcome you now, Holy Spirit, to be doing this inside-out work of transformation in us. Today and in the weeks ahead through the summer, we offer you our lives again. Amen. Amen. Um, in a few minutes, we'll hear the baptism stories, but let me just uh, go through some headlines for us this morning. Um, listen, our, our foundations, uh, the New Testament teaches us when we come to Christ, they are rooted in our identity and who we are in Jesus. I don't know how you think, but when we come to Jesus Christ for the first time, when we get born again, we'll hear some stories in a moment. We are not neutral, believe it or not. Um, there are all kinds of things that are already in our foundations. Or to use a different picture, the Bible uses lots of different pictures to speak about this transformation process. Uh, construction language, foundations, building up. Um, also, agricultural language would have been very familiar for them in the, in the first century. And Jesus often speaks about fields and seeds planted and fruits growing and trees, that kind of language. Speaks about uh, uh, human growth as well, growing up into maturity. All, this, all these pictures uh, point us in the same direction, that we need to grow up in Christ when we get born again. If you've uh, ever cleared a patch of grass in a garden or a field and think, wow, I worked really hard, I've got rid of all the weeds, you, you may think it's done. But if you look again in a few weeks' time, what's happened? Most of them have come back again. We're not neutral when we come to Christ. All kinds of things uh, are in our foundations, in our roots that can grow back up out of the ground. Just take a look at who we were when we came to Christ. You can take a photo of those and look them up when you get home if you want to. 1 Corinthians 1, 27, Paul says, when we came to Christ, we were lowly. We were despised. We were in weakness. Um, shall I smile if you're taking one now? That's nice. Thank you. Um, 
Romans 1, 21. These are difficult words to read. Speak to the condition of our hearts and minds before we came to Christ. Our lives were futile. They were, we were in foolishness. We had darkened hearts. We've exchanged the glory of God for lies. We were enemies in our minds. Uh, uh, and, and therefore our behavior, Colossians 1, 21 tells us. And then Ephesians 2, 1 to 5, Paul says we were dead in our sins. Um, but thank God we've been made alive in Christ. We've been saved by his grace. This is our state. You can't just add a kind of Christian layer on top of this stuff. Uh, it's like putting something, some netting over your garden. The weeds will get through. We can't put a veneer of Christianity uh, on our lives. It's okay for you when things are going well, but sooner or later we're going to hit some tough stuff in life, aren't we? Uh, and it's then the foundation layer that begins to define uh, what we find above the ground and our behavior and our responses. So we can't just leave what's in our foundations there. We need a complete transformation, a metamorphosis. And Paul says here in his letter to the Roman church, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, this is not kind of self-help teaching we're going to be doing uh, over the next few weeks. It's not uh, for those of you who are Christians and we know about the law in the Old Testament and the grace of God in the New Testament. This is not some way of getting back some kind of hopeful, well-intentioned legalism. It's not a 12 steps to change for a better life program. It's about us knowing and applying the truth of God's finished work in Jesus that is revealed to us and promised to us in the word of God to our lives. Jesus died for our sins. He's completed and finished the law the Bible tells us. All those perfections that we can't live up to, Jesus has lived up to them perfectly. And now he's raised us up with him to live for him in the world. It's God's mercy is in view as we come to this teaching. And Paul says, I urge you, it's urgent. Uh, this teaching, this summer is urgent teaching for us. For some of us, it's so urgent, we need to wake up and remember it again in our lives. Some disciples here, you've forgotten what it means to live for Jesus. For others, there's an urgent need for you to become a Christian and to begin to follow Christ. And then continuing on into this transformed and transforming life. It's urgent that we die to the old and we are made alive in the new in Christ. We, we can't wait. We can't be neutral. We can't be placid about this. Paul says to his disciples, and he's saying to us today, act now, urgently. And then he goes on to say, don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Like a Paul was thinking of a, of a mold that um, metal workers would pour something into and after it's hardened and, and dried, you would have the, the, the shape and the cast uh, that had been made. Don't conform to the, the cast, the mold, the pattern of the world. Don't be shaped by this, this age around us that is constantly lying to us. The, the, the days that we live in that are so strongly shaping us. You know, it's, it's easy for those of us that are getting a bit older to think, wow, the, the world out there, it's, it's really getting darker. I think every generation has probably thought that way. Every generation that's ever lived has had to grapple with the kind of lies that the world speaks and kind of demonic lies that are whispered in our ears and live with that. From the very start in the Garden of Eden, right back at the beginning of your Bibles, I was speaking to a new believer this week who said, I've started reading the Bible in Genesis. That's brilliant. She will have read in Genesis chapter one where Adam and Eve, imperfect relationship with the God who's made us to know him. Uh, and God had given them some simple instructions. Uh, and then Satan comes to Eve and begins to question, did God really say? Did God really say? 
I think from that point on, the world, uh, the world, the flesh and the devil have been lying to us, trying to shape us, trying to undermine uh, what God says, trying to conform us to a different pattern. 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, Paul writes, the gods of this present evil age have blinded the minds of unbelievers. Ian and Hannah had us singing that song this morning, you open my eyes, now I'm free. There's something that's happened with the gospel. But Paul says, no, there are gods with a small g, not God Almighty with a capital G. The gods of this present evil age have blinded us. Are you aware of, of gods with a small g, idols in your life, stuff that you run after, that you think this will give me comfort, security, this will help me feel safe, all the usual stuff that's been the same down through the generations. It's money, it's sex, it's financial security, it's comfort. They're all good things in the right way and in the right place as God's intended them. But when they become gods with a small g, our minds, our eyes are blinded. We begin to undermine this foundation that we have in Christ. Paul says they blinded the minds of unbelievers. But we're not unbelievers, many of us here. Our eyes have been opened. We're being shaped by the truth of God's word, not by the truths uh, that the world speaks about. So we have all these um, old kind of ungodly thoughts and beliefs that challenge our minds and our thinking, that try to grow back to the surface in our lives. But when we follow Christ, we begin to uproot them. We don't form old patterns any longer. We begin to bear fruit for Christ, to mix up my pictures. Fruit that lasts. Colossians 2.8, Paul says, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. Wow, that's strong. Which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than Christ. Maybe some of us have been taken captive. We've been tied up by these wrong thoughts. But we're called to live urgently for Christ. To be strengthened in him. To be released by him. And to be connected to him. Not to be shaped by the, the, the pattern and the ties of this age. I love 1 John 2.17. This age, which is speaking to us all the time, there's a constant dialogue from this age into our minds that is contrary to the word of God for disciples. Uh, it, John says, this age and all its desires are passing away. In one sentence, he just dismisses it all in this beautiful fatherly way. We're, we're being urged as new creations to throw off all the old authorities of this age that shape us. John says it's passing away has no authority over you. It did for so long, but its power and its hold have been broken through the cross of Jesus, through the blood of Jesus that was shed for us on the cross. Amen. The kingdom of God has already broken into our age. It's already begun when Jesus came, when he died and lived again. The true King Jesus is now on his throne. It's time for us, those of us who are disciples here, to, to see this age that we live in, to not have power to define us all the time anymore. It's time for us to say, no, I'm coming under God's leadership for my life. Uh, we were singing last Sunday, stand up, stand up for Jesus, you soldiers of the cross. It's time for disciples to live that way. We've had our eyes open. We understand. We're just living here temporarily. These worldviews that lie to us, they won't last. They seem so strong and heavy right now, but we're living as heirs of the age to come. That's a hard sentence to say when you're getting excited in a sermon. We're living as heirs of the age to come. We're living in the truth of Jesus. And his words and promises will never pass away. God, give me a hallelujah while I get my breath back. Do not conform, but be transformed. Don't conform, but be transformed. 
We're not talking about a mix or a dilution, kind of uh, a yeah, diluted mix, like uh, if you go down the end later, sometimes you might get that sort of church squash or church coffee. It's just not, not, yeah, not with our teams. Our hospitality teams are amazing, but just occasionally. You either get a really strong one or a really kind of, did they put any juice in this? Okay, that's not the kind of Christianity we're called to. We're transformed. This is not a veneer on the surface. The Greek word we've been looking at, metamorphosis, in this passage, transformation, be transformed, is the same word that's used for this. We're talking about this at the weekend away. That's why if I say, hey, caterpillar, two-thirds of you will have a song in your head straight away that we were singing that weekend. Okay, It's a total transformation, like a caterpillar to a butterfly. It's the same word, actually, in the Bible that's used when Jesus went up the mountain with three of his closest friends. And it says, it uses this, this strange word, he was transfigured. That means they began to see him as he truly is, in his more kind of glorious state. He shone so brightly. Even his clothes were bright white. It wasn't his amazing aerial washing powder. It was something that the Holy Spirit was revealing to them of the true, transformed nature of Jesus Christ. And so when Paul uses that word, he's using it deliberately to show us that God fundamentally wants to shape our nature, our character. His intention is to make us more and more and more like Jesus. You, you may not feel that you look very much like Jesus, but you're on this trajectory of transformation. Well, that's hard to say as well. And uh, day by day, as we cooperate with the Holy Spirit, we get to look and sound more like Jesus. 2 Corinthians 3.18 And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord. Wow, that may not feel like it describes your life. We are all being transformed with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord. This summer, we have an opportunity to, to really take hold of what it means to walk in this beautiful work of the Holy Spirit that is rooted in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. This is metamorphosis. This is transformation from the inside out. It's what it looks like to fully abandon the, the, our allegiance to this present age which is passing and to give ourselves over fully to the Lord Jesus Christ, to grow in his likeness, to be forged by him. And let me just uh, move to, to wrapping up um, so we can hear some testimonies. Paul talks about the renewing of our minds. Oh, I've gone on too far. Maybe some of it was on the last one. What does it mean to have our minds renewed? If you're here as a guest this morning, we're not some kind of brainwashing cult. We haven't got um, electrical things to attach to your heads down the corridor. Come into this room where you can speak with the elders. We don't do that kind of stuff. What we're talking about here is, is, a, is a digging out of the old ways of thinking before we came to Christ. A removing, an uninstalling, if you like. If you think of installing stuff on your computer and putting in new information, new truths that are based on the word of God, which help us to line up. Um, Kaz and I, with the first church we planted, we had uh, a lady um, in our uh, one of our small groups came to our house. She lived about 10 minutes drive away. We're in North Manchester and um, she wasn't very good with directions. And she had one of the first sat navs. This was back like late 90s. And uh, uh, it was a Wednesday evening, Half nine, ten o'clock at night, the group had finished, and uh, she put in her home address, or so we thought, in her sat-nav, and then left for home. We thought, you're ten minutes away in the same town. But, but she was confused and maybe just showing off a bit with her new sat-nav. Um, lovely lady called Jackie, and uh, not like any Jackies you know here. Um, and uh, about 45 minutes later, her husband, who'd not been at the group, called to say, is, is Jackie on her way 
soon. I think Kaz and I had probably gone up to bed at that point. I said, oh, she, she left 45 minutes ago. We're a bit concerned. You begin to think the worst in those moments, don't you? We prayed a little bit. And then 20 minutes later, Jackie called. It turns out that she'd uh, driven out of Oldham, where we were living, over a cattle grid onto the M62 motorway and only realized she was going wrong when she appeared in Leeds city center uh, about, about 35 minutes later. Um, but she'd entered the wrong info in her sat-nav and didn't know. And, and this is how it is for us. The world's lying to us all the time. The, the world lies to us about who God is, where we can find comfort. Um, the world lies to us about, about, um, about how our security should be in our finances. The world lies to us about how humans will flourish best in relationships. The world lies to us about issues like sex and gender. These are bankrupt worldviews that mean we've been given a completely wrong set of directions for our sat-nav. And it's no wonder that we go through life taking the wrong turns or living in confusion. It's like we're standing on a wobble board most of the time, trying to cope with all the messages that bombard us. As disciples, we can often do that, mixing up our faith in Christ with the muddled thinking and the confused directions of the world around us. This summer, we get to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters, work out with him what it means to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, brought into, into truth. Let me finish here. 1 Peter 1, uh, we're talking about this with the group on Tuesday night. In, in the, I love the, the message paraphrase of the Bible, the way it says this. Don't lazily slip back into those old grooves of evil, doing what, just what you feel like doing. You didn't know any better then, you do now. As obedient children, let yourselves be pulled into a way of life, shaped by God's life, a life energetic and blazing with holiness. God said, I am holy so you be holy. Isn't that wonderful? Disciples don't lazily slip back into these old grooves of thinking and behavior. If you're in Christ, the old has gone, the new has come. This summer, as we, as we give ourselves to the word of God and welcome the Holy Spirit, we get to form new patterns, new pathways, learn new truths that get established in our lives and that push out the old patterns and the old ways. That's, some of that is happening as these guys uh, are telling their stories this morning. It's what's happening when Someone um, prays a, a prayer and becomes a follower of Jesus at church on a Sunday or on an Alpha course. A, a battle for worldviews has just been won in that moment. A battle to no longer conform. New patterns being shaped and formed is just beginning. Um, and and as, as we step into that, as we choose to repent, give our lives to Jesus, accept by faith these truths of the scriptures. I'm forgiven in Christ, holding it in my heart. He's he saved me for a purpose. He's calling me out to live for him. As I, as I begin to be conformed into his likeness, these things are beginning to happen. They're played out in our very lives in front of us. It's what happens when we repent, when we turn uh, away and change our minds into believing in Jesus Christ. But it's continuous and it goes on. We keep on being renewed. We keep on making radical decisions to renounce the lies we believed and to believe in faith the truth of Jesus Christ. Will you stand with me for a moment? just going to pray before we welcome up those who are being baptized. It's, it's the danger with a recap sermon, and some of you are hearing it for the first time, is we, okay, great, thank you, we've got that. No, I'm, I'm expecting the Lord to speak to our hearts this morning. Maybe there are one or two here that are not yet followers of Jesus. If you're not ready, well, I don't want to put words in your mouth, or um, it's not my job to push you at all. If you're, if you're just here listening this morning, you're so welcome to do that. But if there are one or two here, that are ready to give their lives to Jesus for the first time this morning. That now I have to follow Jesus. I must give him 
lordship of my life. I've got to turn away from all the old ways uh, that I've been believing and thinking and say, Jesus, I'm going to trust you. I don't know much yet, but I know enough to know I'm going to trust you to be Lord of my life and to shape me from this point forward. Just while everyone's got their eyes closed, if that's you this morning, would you just wave your hand in the air so I can see? I'd love to see you. We'd love to help you. And again, if you're here as a guest and you're not yet sure or with us online, you're not yet ready to, to think that way or pray that way, that's great. You're so welcome just to be here and listen. Are there just one or two here today that are saying that for the first time? Yeah, thank you. I've got your hand there. Thank you. You can put it down. That's great. love to pray with you in a moment. Praise God. Thank you. Lord Jesus, we just give you our lives this morning. We thank you for what you're doing. In a moment, we're going to celebrate real baptism stories, real life change, real metamorphosis stories. We thank you even this morning, someone new is saying, I'm ready to follow you, Jesus. We thank you for those who've been doing that even the last few weeks. Lord, we praise you. We celebrate that. And we thank you too, Lord, those of us who are disciples here. We just say, Lord, will you pull us out from lazy discipleship? Will you bring us into your slipstream? Will you give us such a desire, Lord, to have your word and your truths formed in our hearts? Will you so secure us in your love and your perfections, Lord? Will you pour your word into our hearts this summer? May you find us so receptive uh, and ready to grow fruitfully into the life that you've called us to. We thank you, Jesus. Will you, will you deafen us to every lie? Will you lift off every, uh, every demonic oppression that is over people that have not been able to listen? Lord, will you bring us through to a fullness and a fruitfulness in you? That is a beautiful new thing. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, well done. Can we just give a round of applause as well? I think someone's giving a lot of Jesus. Praise God. And if, if, sorry, I, I, if you put your hand up on YouTube, I can't see you, but please send us a message. We'd, we'd love to pray with you and help you. Great. Take your seats for a moment. Our kids are coming back in. I'm going to ask Debbie uh, and, uh, and the, the four precious people who are being baptized to come, they're nervous. So give them a good round of applause and let's welcome them together at the front. <laughs>